Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, welcome to Monday afternoon. Monday, uh, Kelly's favorite day of the week, of course. We're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour as we broadcast from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Back to full strength today. I don't know if that'll last very long this week, but we're uh, back to full strength today. And uh, we're glad you're with us. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit Proud Supporters of the Eagle Hour and uh, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and a great place to take your family. Barry McKnight is the uh, play-by-play voice for Troy University, I believe. He's going to join us later in the show as we continue our tour around the new Sunbelt Conference. Heath Hinton about to join us here in just a moment as well. Uh, Bob, Kelly, and Luke all here. I'm going to start off with you today, Luke Johnson. I want to read a quote from Lane Kiffin, a former coach, of course, at Florida Atlantic, now the coach at Ole Miss. Here he is. You legalize, he's referring to the NCAA, you legalize cheating. So get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players, and there you have it. Your thoughts on Lane Kiffin's view of the NIL world? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing we've been saying. I mean, we've been saying it for for several months and uh you know obviously there's money at Ole Miss but there's not Georgia money there's not Alabama money there's not Texas A&M money and Kevin's making all of our points and for what you know whatever however or why ever he's saying it uh it, it's true though and so I think you know there are power five schools you know like Ole Miss that are set to to lose in this process and from the Southern Miss perspective some people might get happy at that anyway he's just He's just simply stating the sentiment that we have been saying for quite some time. We are now in professional sports in college football. Heath Hinton, a big old nation on the show with us. Heath, I was telling Kelly before we went on the air, the newspaper in the hometown of Ohio State. What is that, Kelly? I'm Columbus, sorry. the Columbus Dispatch newspaper. An uh, article this weekend said Columbus has always wanted a professional football team. Now they have one and it's Ohio State University. I, this is a sad time for college athletics, in my humble view. Yeah, it's tough, and now you've got the uh, committee looking at, and probably will put into effect, uh, you know, transfer without any, without having to sit out a year and transfer as much as you want. Um, now, that's a double-edged sword to athletes, because athletes, if you transfer too much, teams won't don't want to have anything to do with you, but it won't affect the guys that are doing it once or twice, keep moving up to different divisions. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a it, – it's the wild west until the NCAA puts some, does something to 
try to regulate it, whether it be collective bargaining, something. This is the way it's going to be. Kelly, you hear Lane Kiffin, you, you see the article in Ohio. Every single coach we've talked to has expressed uh, their concern and, and their lack of support of this new era. So what what is the NCAA trying to do? It is a direct reflection of society and the society that we live in. And winning apparently is so important to some schools that they are willing to open up the coffers and literally win at all cost. What universities and schools are now going to have to determine is, what is that limit? How important is winning? And is it worth it? But for the coaches who talk about that they're against this, I understand their sentiment, but I hardly ever see a coach at the Division I level leave for a school making less money than they made before. So how is it any different? Why are schools, and, and I'm just, I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying to play devil's advocate, you know, where, where do coaches get off saying this when they're not going to go to another school that's going to pay them less? So they've been in this world already. Now the players are getting to experience what coaches have long been experiencing. Well, I think what, what people would, how people would answer that is that coaches or professional coaches, college athletes are supposed to be student athletes. Are coaches, are, are coaches or are they, are, they're paid by the state as state employees and I guess as employees of a university, teachers? I mean, teachers the slash teachers coaches. Teachers are not students. Students are a well, separate Well, let me ask y'all group. this. On, on the opposite side of this, to put it out, teachers, you know, get money uh, for the schools and stuff from these grants that come in. It's the students that are out there doing the research work for these grants. They're not getting paid for that either. But so, I mean, it's they're both students. Ways. No, it, it, they're, yeah, students. they're students. They get their room and board. Their college education paid for. Anybody that doesn't think that is substantial compensation, put a kid through college for four years and tell me that they haven't been paid well. Or it goes back to the point that you made last week. If they are going to get these exorbitant numbers. And pay you your are, own tuition. Correct. Then, then, then your scholarship is rescinded and you can pay your own way. Different world than when you were a college football player, Luke Johnson. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, the coach can get fired, too. Right, and, and that's that's the difference. Well, wait a minute though. Scholarships are only given one year at a time, so essentially, yes, players could you, also be fired. Not like a coach, and you're you're not dealing. It, it's it's two totally different things, and to, and to argue that that so so my point is, you're going to have to go to student athlete contracts if you're gonna if you're gonna make the argument. Four players deserve to be paid like coaches do. Then you've got to you you can't make it an apple orange argument. You have to make it an apple apple orange orange argument. So then you have to treat student athletes both positive and negative the way you, that you do employees because they will de facto become employees of the university. And the problem is you can't apply that across the board unless you're like Texas Tech and everybody gets the same amount of money because you're going to have you know, 10 guys or 20 guys or 30 guys with NIL deals and the other 55 scholarship guys won't have one. And so then you're going to be treating student-athletes completely different based off their NIL deal. That's the problem with it. Heath, get in here. Yeah, I agree. Look, if we're going to take, if we're going to take, 
you know, amateurism out of, let's just call it professional and treat everybody like professionals at that point. Um, if you're going to do that, because then you got to pay taxes, you got to figure this out, you got to figure that out. Um, stuff is not going to be able, your parents can't, you know, for those that their parents are still claiming them, they can't claim them. I mean, let's, let's be big boys about it. If, if we're going to be professionals, let's go all the way and do it in the professional manner. I mean, going to be a student athlete. The student has to stay in there with it. Last, I mean, the the Kiffin quote is is intriguing and, and certainly newsworthy. But I mean, like the ship sailed on this. Like you're not going back. There's no way you're going yeah. back. And so, you know, if if I would if I continue to rant and rave about it, I mean, I just have to call myself out. I mean, it's just sour grapes. I mean, that's just part of it. And I just, I, but okay, question back. So if there is a split, okay. Between Power Five and Group of Five in, in Division One football, what about these Group of Five players that have NIL deals? Are we going to pull those back? Are we going to say that Frank Gore can't get his NIL deal that he just did after a separation? I mean that that's the problem to me. It, it's out of the bag, and it's out of the bag at the Group of Five level too. But for, it may but, be where collective bargaining comes in at different levels, Luke. To but, where I, maybe. You know, the Power Five has a different type of collective bargaining for the Group of Five because Group of Five can't afford what the Power Five has. I don't know, but they're going to have to do something with caps or something to get a hold of the NIL situation because, as you said, once caps out of the bag, it's going to get worse until rules are in place. But really what Lane Kiffin said is, is, is nothing new. I mean, the fact sure. that the rich get richer is as old as time itself, and yeah. and that's exactly – what will happen but that's it's like that in every in the everyday world as well so i guess again going back to sports many times as a reflection of society it's always been that way in society and apparently now it's that it's that way in college athletics well it was interesting interesting to hear him say that i think and uh, I, and i think you guys are right i think it's just the new world we live in and i think luke is exactly right it's never going to go back and uh, i you know, you you can accept it, and uh, I guess continue to enjoy college sports, or it can dampen your enthusiasm for it. I hate to say that, but I think for some people, that's exactly uh, what it's going to do. It'll take any time. There's, there's going to be an adjustment period, no matter what. And if things get too much out of hand, now where that is and where where the line is that you have to cross, I don't know. But what Heath was saying is that they're going to see how this goes, I'm sure, and then if it has to be reined in somehow. And, and people will chime in at the collegiate level. You know, athletic directors and administrators, they will, they'll be sharing their thoughts for sure with the NCAA, and they'll, they'll mold something that will probably be much more amicable as time goes on. However, the advantage is always going to be in any situation that the people that have the money are the ones that are going to come out smelling the best. All right, preseason awards uh, for the Sunbelt Conference. All Sunbelt players, where the teams are going to finish. The coaches have spoken their minds, and it's not a really good look right now for the Golden Eagles. We'll continue our conversation and talk about that next on the Super Talk Eagle Hour.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, don't forget you can hear the Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour, and she will do that for you. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. We love Miss Kathleen. We love the staff. And we sure like all the apparel that they have down there with the Southern Miss logos on it. Best selection you'll find anywhere on the planet. You can shop them six days a week on Hardy Street, or you can shop online anytime you like at campusbookmart.net. All right. Uh, preseason awards out for the Sun Belt Conference, uh, voting by the league's 14 head coaches. Uh, let's start with you, Kelly. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the prediction of teams. And where they'll finish seven teams in the Western Division, the Golden Eagles uh, pick to finish fifth behind uh, Louisiana, South Alabama, Troy, and Texas State, and just ahead of Arkansas State and Monroe. I'm not surprised by that. Last week when I got to hear Will Hall speak to Club One of Hattiesburg, we've, we've talked before on this show about how other media outlets have really had good things to say about the Southern Miss defense and what they expect from the Southern Miss defense. But nobody seems to be sold on this on this Southern Miss offense. And I asked Will Hall directly about that, and he said, well, why should they be? He said, his words, he said, we were pathetic last year offensively. But they've got, you know, they're deeper. He said the, the players we had on offense last year were good, but we just didn't have enough of them. So he, he looks for, a, and, he, and that's the way he wants it. He said, look, that's fine. And, and the offense has something to prove. So the fact that they're only ahead of Arkansas State and uh, Monroe does not surprise me. All right, Luke, on the eastern side, App State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Marshall. Marshall picked to finish fourth. Georgia Southern, James Madison, and Old Dominion, the other CUSA team, uh, moving to the conference dead last. Yeah, t- to me, I was a little surprised that Coastal is, is second. Uh, but it makes sense. App State beat them last year um, in Boone. And, I mean, this is why uh, these two teams, uh, this is why it matters to Golden Eagle fans. So they will play in Conway uh, on, I think it's November the 3rd. And then the Eagles are set to play Coastal and Conway the very next game on the 12th. I think Coastal will have, like, a couple extra days to prepare for the Eagles. But that that's the game you want to circle first first uh, weekend in in November, maybe a Thursday night game, is App State and Coastal Carolina. Of course, Grayson McCall is going to be a uh, he's gonna be the talk of, of making possibly a Heisman run for Coastal Carolina. Georgia State, there they are at, at, in, in third position. Of course, we talked uh, last week about, you know, they should have beat Auburn last year. Kind of surprised Old Dominion maybe behind James Madison. And, and don't you think Old, Old Dominion takes exception to that, you know, as uh, the FCS uh, now will be their rival moving up? Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Clay Helton does at Georgia Southern. Um, I thought Georgia Southern might be ahead of Marshall. Uh, but it, it totally makes sense the way the East Division is. I would just say on on the West, my comment. I don't know what I don't know what Texas State you know is is uh, a fourth. I mean, I, I know that Arkansas State only won two last year, but but um, the, the coaching staff up there I think put together the best class in the Sun Belt. Totally makes sense with Monroe, but I, I think Southern Miss is fifth just because they, they don't know what they're going to get out of the Eagles. I would have put probably Southern Miss above Texas State. Well, they're only one point behind Texas State, so it was really close. All right, Heath, if you look at the CUSA schools transferring over, not a lot of love 
in the east, Marshall 4th, James Madison 6th, Old Dominion 7th, and if you look in the west, Southern Miss 5th. So kind of tells me that the uh, Sunbelt coaches think the CUSA teams have to come in and prove themselves. And James Madison. And James Madison, yes. Well, I mean, if you look at what, you know, Conference USA versus the Sun Belt the past three seasons, Sun Belt's kind of dominated Conference USA. So, uh, you know, if, if you're going on past, which is what you got to judge the future on, you have to go on that. Um, Marshall being for us, what I thought. App State and Coastal Carolina being first, second. I mean, they got the two best quarterbacks in the conference. So uh, those, those are just going to be two juggernauts all year. And in the West, look, Southern Miss at fifth, I get it. Um, don't know what you got. You got a good defense, but there's still question marks in the offensive side of the ball. And you got to go on what you've seen in the past. And it wasn't that great, as Coach Hall has said. And right. even when you look at the preseason, all first teams, I think there's only about four from the new teams on, on both sides of the ball, right. first team. So it, it is what it is. It's uh, the way they look at the conference. And it may be a way of showing people that this is the way Conference USA has looked at across the nation and why it was good that Southern Miss got out right. of it. Luke, if you look at the players, Cameron Harrell is the only Golden Eagle. He's a second-team special teams player. I have to ask, where is Frank Gore Jr.? Uh, I mean, probably you've got to, with, with a new team coming in, you've got to prove yourself, I would think. I mean, I'm looking at Marshall has one guy on the first team offense. Old Dominion has two. James Madison has one. I'm surprised that there's no Eagles on the first team defense or on the on the second team defense. That that's what I'm a little surprised at. And the reason that Harold, you know, he he ran one back, so that that's why he he's obviously on there. Um, yeah, so the Mets not getting any loves, particularly on defense, which is kind of surprising. And to make matters worse, before the first snap of the year, the Southern Miss defensive side of the ball gets some Go bad ahead, news. Break the bad news as one of their one of their players and the guy Hayes Maples, who prepped here at Oak Grove High School, who was rehabbing from a torn ACL, was ready to go. Uh, had, had a good spring, was ready to go this fall. He has retorn that same ACL. His meniscus is also torn. So Hazeman, now the, the Eagles are deep at linebacker. That's one of the positions where they they were able to fill some spots. But a guy that they were counting on, a guy that we particularly love on this show because he's born and raised right here in our area, Hayes Maples out for the season. Uh, after the torn ACL and meniscus. Yeah, that, that's the biggest fear you have, Heath Hinton, when you think about how devastating injuries were last year to the Golden Eagles. Already have one of your key players out for the year. It just kind of makes you nervous. Yeah, I mean, trust me, Hayes is a leader and a good kid and just a solid football player and everything you want in a linebacker. Uh, but it's tough, but you look at what Coach Hall did to transfer Portland staff and bringing Dalen Gill in. TK Newsom played good last year. Bozeman's back. Latham. That's one position at middle linebacker that if you're going to have somebody go down, you feel good about what you have behind them to yeah. come in there and play. And this is so, he, this uh, another opportunity. To go down. Yeah. This is another opportunity for a guy like TQ Newsom to step up. I mean, a guy who's unbelievable athletic out of uh, out of Goport High School, came as a quarterback and then got put on that side. It's it's, it's guys like that, that that maybe Eagle fans haven't really heard about, but it, it'd be an opportunity for them to step up. But I mean, Maples, you know, led you in tackles and 
Uh, it's a tough loss, but I'm excited to see who's going to step up in his absence. Uh, if you look TK at the, played well, TQ played well at the end of last season, yeah. very well. Offensive and defensive players of the year, both from Coastal Carolina, including their quarterback Grayson McCall. I'm, I'm with you there, Luke. Uh, don't you think Coastal Carolina? You you would think maybe the overall best team in the league. I think so, and and it's just because. You know, Chadwell's got his system in place. He's got an excellent quarterback, and and I've just watching them the last several years. I love what they do defensively. We we mentioned uh, last week Skylar McGee. Of course, he he played it played with me at Southern Miss. He's their defensive line coach. They get after you on defense, and you complement that with with a a quarterback who's been starting for three years in a row. That that's the game. You I mean, there's a few games. And, and what I'm excited about is looking at this this schedule, circling the games that I'm going to watch that don't involve Southern Miss, and probably the one I'm most excited about is that November third game when uh, when App State goes to Conway. Well, it's just exciting in general, is it not, Kelly Sander, to see all these new teams, to be a part of this, and uh, it may take a year or two for the football team to uh, catch up to some of the other teams in the league. But boy, what a ref- what a, what a refreshing time! And if you are a player or a coach, you're glad that you're not really being shown a whole lot of love because you have you have you can prove to the people you know that, that they were wrong. It serves as what they call bulletin board material, and you go in and can relax and and play the football you know how to play and and uh, and raise some eyebrows. And that's that's now the Eagles are going to wear this as a as a badge of courage here and get after it. All right, Heath, how can people join Big Gold Nation? Go to southernmiss.rivals.com uh, or Google Big Gold Nation. Join up for a month or a year. You join up for a year. It's a little cheaper for a month. It's uh, nine ninety nine for a year. It's eight ninety nine a month. Have a lot of good conversation. Knew about we had Hayes Maple's information up for anybody. So just come on and uh, join us. Have a good time. Catch up on more latest info. All right, we appreciate you. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, joins us uh, each and every Monday. Gives us just a moment to uh, talk about the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour, Mobay Beignet. And I was down there over the weekend. The beignets are very, very good. Uh, the sauces are great to put on top. they got great coffees, cold and uh, warm coffees. They're located on Hardy Street right across from the Southern Miss campus. Are you a cold coffee kind of guy? I just can't do cold coffee myself. I prefer prefer it's good. hot coffee. Yeah. It's really good. But, but I, I drink it from time to time. Okay. I just like coffee, so I, I, gotcha. I, I kind of drink it in every way. All right, Troy University picked to finish third in the Western Division of Football. We'll see what Barry McKnight of Troy says about that next. Eagle Hour continues on Super Talk Mississippi. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Hey, glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in on the network. Appreciate you joining the Eagle Hour to kick off another week. This segment of the show, every day, is sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Football Stadium. A great place for you to have lunch five days a week. A great place for you to enjoy the big games each and every day and night. And great food uh, seven days a week at the 4th Street Bar and Grill. We really appreciate Slade and all they do for Southern Miss Athletics. Barry McKnight is the play-by-play voice of Troy University as we continue our tour through the new conference of the Sun Belt that the Southern Miss is now a part of. And Troy, really not a stranger to Southern Miss, but now a conference mate. Barry, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Just wondered what was the uh, what was the thought over at Troy University when the new schools were announced for the Sun Belt? Well, there was a lot of excitement for it. We knew it would probably mean, as it shook out, that uh, Troy would have to bump divisions. Troy goes to the Western Division, which I think is a is a much better fit for Troy. But in terms of the the additions, I think every one of them was was remarkably positive. No disrespect to Old Dominion and James Madison, great programs, and of course Troy has played Marshall many many times. But the absolute must have for us, and really, you know, the the, the linchpin of the entire deal to me had to be Southern Miss. It's, you know, we, we have a lot of familiarity and a lot of respect for, for Jeremy McLean, obviously, and the work that he did here and, and what he stands for. But uh, to me, none of the other programs um, made sense if Southern Miss wasn't a part of the four teams in there. So we certainly are excited. We think it can be, you know, a really um, ongoing, uh, very um, impactful series, not just in football, but all the way around. I think it's a great rivalry game for us, and I think it does add even more credibility to this league. Tell us a little bit about Troy University for our listeners that may not know. The student enrollment size, what are the big majors there at Troy? Well, Troy is in uh, in southeastern Alabama. It is located in Troy, which is, the I think, now the second smallest city that actually sponsors a university with Division One A college football. I think only West Point, New York, is smaller than Troy. So it's a small town. It originally began as a, um, as a teacher's college, and it has gone into a full-fledged university. The enrollment here on campus is right at about 8,000. Troy has been one of the real leaders in, in really promoting online learning. So I guess overall, in terms of online um, students and all of our different campuses that we've got around naval uh, military bases and around the world and, and in Asia. I, I think overall we've got about 28,000 students, a little bit more than 8,000 here in Troy. It is a beautiful campus. Uh, the facilities are excellent, as a lot of your fans may remember, and looking forward to uh, to October the 8th. The fans who come here will see a small town, but it's a united town. When the Trojans are playing at home, everybody comes. Oh, good Barry, this is, this is Kelly Sander. You've got a, a guy as your athletic director, a guy that's certainly no stranger to the Sun Belt, Brent Jones, who is a graduate of Georgia Southern, was an associate athletic director at Southern Miss, and then replaces Jeremy McLean there in Troy as the athletic director. So, man, what a guy to lead this program forward, a guy who's now been around to three of the current Sun Belt schools. 
you know, he's he is uh, he's still a young athletic director. He's very energetic, uh, despite all of that that you're talking about. And he's been around for sure. He's still really very young, and um, the experience that he's gotten. Uh, he talks a lot about what he learned at Southern Miss. Kyle George is his number two guy, and, and of course Kyle has a background at Southern Miss as well. Talked about how much um, you know he learned in his experience there and his experience at Georgia Southern, and he really has brought all that to bear here in a leadership position at Troy. He is uh, extraordinary in terms of vision, in terms of uh, motivation. He's a high-energy guy, but really the external aspect of what we do here has really been um, has really been uh, augmented by Brent. He's a people person. He's high energy. He's big time in the community. He's got an extraordinary family, and it really has been a um, really a continuation of what Jeremy did here. And um, certainly for Brent, again, still a young guy. Um, I think still his his great contributions here at Troy or wherever are still ahead of him. All right, get in here, Luke, with uh, Barry McKnight. Hey, Barry, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we, we talked to uh, Brent Freeman out at Texas State, and so I kind of want to ask you, you're closer, you're kind of in the middle of the conference, but moving to the West, you now are the most Eastern team in the, the Western division. Um you you mentioned you know the 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 transfer over, but I mean Troy fans are they got to uh, they'll have to drive a little farther, but I mean are they excited about being in the West? You get away at least from App State and Coastal Carolina sometimes. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was we are blessed in that I think we are the most centrally located school still in the Sun Belt Conference, so we don't have any ungodly trips like Brant does at Texas State or you know the folks at Marshall and and James Madison are looking at. But really, for us, it's it's more of a it's more of a natural rivals kind of thing. Uh, South Alabama is now in our division. Southern Miss is now in our division. We've got it going pretty good with Arkansas State. So in terms of all that, in terms of the actual rivalries and the natural rivalries and the, and the histories and things like that in the football program and otherwise, uh, the West is, is certainly a better fit for us and certainly a little bit of an easier drive for for our teams and our student athletes. For somebody that covers, you know, every game uh, for for Troy like you do, one thing conference or one thing Southern Miss fans have been excited about was when we were in Conference USA, we were we couldn't, you know, you were on a different channel every week and just because of, you know, ESPN's deal with the Sun Belt, has that has that been um, better for your fans overall that they know where they can find their school every week? So it, it's been extraordinary. It, it, there are several um, several points uh, upon which this conference has swung in its history. Of course, its division to sponsor football, uh, its um, decision to sponsor football was a really big part of that. Uh, and, and one of the other big things was the television contract, ESPN Plus, and, and I do a lot of ESPN Plus work for basketball and for baseball. It's been it's been a godsend for us for specifically that reason. Uh, people know where they're going. People know um, how to find every game, whether it's football or baseball or women's basketball or whatever. It's been a real... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's been a real symbiotic relationship. Uh, ESPN Plus has been really good to the Sun Belt Conference. And I think if you talk with Keith, Keith Gill, the Sun Belt Conference has been really good um, for ESPN Plus. It's been really, really um, a win-win all the way around. It also has helped out the conference um, 
with identification with some of the other teams. You know, there's a lot of people when um, we had the big uh, breakup when Southern Miss and Western Kentucky and FAU and FIU left the league to go to Conference USA. You know, people were looking at, you know, how do we replace those markets? Well, it's not really markets that we lost. What we were able to retain was footprints. FAU and FIU don't exactly command the Miami market. Um, so it wasn't really a loss. What it, what it did was it got some schools together that have a really strong footprint, Louisiana and Troy and Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State and Georgia Southern, and got them all together. The difference is, is that they're all in kind of rural areas. So what do you need to do? You need to build some identification. You need to build some commonality, and that's what ESPN Plus has done as well. For those schools that are really, really well followed, but not in really, really big markets, ESPN Plus has been a common identifier for everybody in the conference. So, Barry, in the preseason uh, rankings out today, the coaches have have spoken. They've got the Trojans uh, projected to finish, what, third? Third in the yes. Western Division, your reaction, it's been early. It's, it has, these haven't been released very long, but your thoughts on the Trojans uh, being voted third by the coaches? Absolutely nobody is surprised that it's App State and, and Louisiana at the top of the conference. They've been that way preseason for four of the last five years, and they've been at that at the postseason for four of the last five years. I do take exception, and maybe it's just the, uh, just the rivalry in me, to South Alabama being voted second in the West ahead of us. I love our team uh, here. You know, Chip Lindsey was here for three years, uh, never made the postseason any of those three years, but really close. Uh, I think you look at what um, what Troy's able to put out there. I think uh, seven all-conference guys, I want to say five on defense. That, that's more than anybody else in the league, but... Uh, Coming behind South Alabama doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest with you. South Alabama is second. Troy has beaten them four straight years. Troy has finished ahead of South Alabama in the conference standings six straight years. So to me, it's a bit of a stretch. Certainly, Troy, you know, needs to win more games than they have over the last five years, last three years. But it is a special pang of regret that it's South <laughs> well, Alabama that that Barry, we, to number two in the West. We don't like South Alabama either. Okay, so we can yeah. shake on so that. We, there's some commonality there too, then for sure. Yeah. Fireberry, we really appreciate it. We'll look forward to getting back with you a little closer to football season and break down the uh, Trojan football team. Thank you for your time, sir. Absolutely. Looking forward to visiting with you again soon. All right, Barry McKnight, everybody. Play-by-play voice I love at it. Troy University. A little edgy there with South Alabama Thro- Troy, I throwing think. Throwing a yeah. little shade at the uh, at the Jaguars yeah. there. I love it. All right, Luke has got some news uh, about some things that took place at Southern Miss over the last few days. And a great story about the wonderful Gabe Montenegro. It's all coming up next. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. 
School getting ready to start up. Of course, fall ball. Uh, while football is going on, of course, softball and baseball will work out in the fall. And instructions, practice, pro shop, all there at DBAT and D1 Training. Luke, Kelly, and Bob from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg. Um, and, Laurel, a couple news and notes. So uh, we told you last week, Will Tynes, Southern Miss uh, pitcher, hits the transfer portal. He uh, announced today on Twitter he will be transferring to Tulane University. So Will Tynes will continue his baseball career for um, the Green Wave. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Kyle, Kyle Sloter, um, who was the first-round pick for, uh, for Larry Fedora um, in – the USFL, well, he has, as of yesterday, been signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars wow. of the wow. NFL. Good so congratulations, uh, former Southern Miss quarterback and wide receiver. Uh, this past year for the New Orleans Breakers, uh, threw for almost 1,800 yards and nine touchdowns. So congratulations to him. Former softball head coach uh, Brian Levan, now uh, over the, late last week, over the weekend, named as the assistant coach. Um, for the University of Iowa, so um, he will head north. And uh, from what we know, interviews taking place uh, for the next softball coach, and can probably expect that, you know, later this week or, or next week um, as Jeremy McLean goes through um, his due diligence. All right, Sunbelt Commissioner Keith Gill also signed a contract extension that will keep him the uh, Sunbelt Commissioner through 2030. Great news for us guys to be part of a league where uh, leadership solidified. I think that was I, I think that was a great hire to begin with. But again, it's one thing to get hired, but then it's another thing to prove yourself. And uh, against all odds, and and I think maybe even against some recommendations of of other people, went out and had a very clear vision as to wh- where he wanted this conference to go, and took the bull by the horns and got it done. And he was rewarded with a contract that'll. Now keep him around for at least another seven years. And I think you'll all agree, whether it's a head football coach or an athletic director, stability in any type of athletic organization, particularly when things are going well, is a big plus. So congratulations to Commissioner Gill. So, Luke, I I know you have uh, some sources that indicate uh, we kind of – we kind of know who maybe the three finalists are for the softball head job. Is that fair to say? I don't. I don't know how many they're interviewing. I just. I, I feel like, um, and from some chatter that I've heard, you know, they're looking at Andy Andy Lee, a guy that we we talked about before. Um, is it Northwest? He's been on the show uh, before. Yes. And then uh, and then Chris Robinson from Jones. I feel like they're looking at him, and there's probably more than just those two out there. Uh, but yeah, you got to feel like you know conversations are being had with with those guys and. You know, both of those guys have a, um, a, a you know, a, a record of winning, and that's that's what you want. For but don't we have to see a decision here fairly soon? I mean, school's about to start. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Southern Miss they got another month uh, or, or so. But yeah, I mean, I, for when athletes come in and and just to be able to put structure in place, you would think probably I, w- I would probably say maybe announcement mid to next week. Nothing to go off of that. Just right. you got to just do due diligence. All right. Big story, cool story over the weekend, guys. So um, I saw this Friday night. Gabe Montenegro on on Twitter uh, posted three pictures of his gloves, uh, of gloves that that two of them he had used uh, in 2019. He used the same glove for half of the 2020 season last year, 2021, and had one um, that he had not used yet. And he was trying to sell them. And come to find out, um, you know, because he's not an American citizen, it's hard to 
to get you know financing and and different stuff and so he was trying to sell some gloves to to help him you know with get a car so he can um, as he starts his master's degree and dude southern miss uh social media just this blew up and several people kind of had the same idea they said rather than us buy the gloves let's just start taking up money uh and just kind of raise some money for gabe um and so that he can keep his gloves and so it started a little bit, you know, I think the, the original goal, they were trying to get close to, to two grand. And as of like this morning, it's over $4,600 that <laughs> Southern Miss fans have raised for, for Gabe Montenegro. If you want to give to that, um, hit me up on Twitter or, or Facebook. I can point you in the right direction. Um, for that, it's just been amazing to see uh, Southern Miss fans not just clap when he comes to bat, but but clap to help this young man out um, as he works on his match. I'll send him a text right now. I want him to send us a picture of him with his new car when he gets it purchased by Southern Miss fans. Well, and since we're on the subject of money, you guys, how much would it take to, to if we raised a certain amount, could we get him a seventh year eligibility? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody's been paid by the NCAA, or somebody paid the NCAA to do that. Yeah, well, we certainly know that they'll they'll listen to all offers right so uh yeah who knows that's a great story luke you called me saturday and told me about that i put a big smile on my face there's there's not a nicer kid just a great great kid and he loves this place and loves this university i'm really glad to see the and the golden eagle nation step up for him like that absolutely wonderful to see bob i did see something else saturday night i saw kelly Sander being a ringside announcer in the uh, West Jones is. Gymnasium is. for SWA Wrestling. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, He's yeah. really good. And he said, just told me he's going to go to the game in Miami and hang out with Mr. Delicious down on the, <laughs> the Miami Strip. Is that right? You and D, right? Delicious Van Vicious. <laughs> he was he was my least favorite wrestler. Least oh, favorite. Well, I love Mr. Delicious. West Jones Boy is the new brand. Hunter Rhodes the brand new world champion. <laughs> I brought him good luck at the one event I went to. Mr. Delicious, as my grandson says, he's scrumptious. (laughs) The music should tell us something, Bob. We need to go. We're out of time. No more commentary. (laughs) To To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.